HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Culture and Flavor is a new series from Heritage Radio Network that's all about food and culture centered in Black and Indigenous foodways. Hosted by myself, Zella Palmer, right here in New Orleans, Louisiana. I am a writer, professor, filmmaker, culinary historian, mom, cook, and grounded in my benevolent ancestors' legacies. I'm so excited, y'all, to share with you highly vibrational conversations with some well-known and unsung heroes in the culinary world friends who have become family from all over the world. Breaking bread is an art, and on Culture and Flavor, we are painting murals. I'm the child that know all the history of everybody household. <laughs> Good, bad, and ugly. <laughs> I know, because they talk about it now. My cousins and them, girl, you know everything about everybody. I say, I sure do. <laughs> I need to put this on tape recorder. <laughs> Each episode, we'll hear from cultural bearers, chefs, farmers, scholars, barbecue pitmasters, and more. Where there is flavor, there is history. I'm excited for him, you know, his vision, you know, just as a, as a black man coming from the 1940s in the South, uh, to see his vision be able to be um, acknowledged in such a way. Yeah, that's huge for me, you know, as a, as a son to be able to give him that moment. Join me on Culture and Flavor and all of my guests as we share stories that will have you praise dancing, cooking, conjuring, and inspiring your culinary journey. Subscribe to Culture and Flavor wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chop And this is Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps drink ex-bartenders better understand Agave, Agave Spirits in rural Mexico. And today we're talking about agriculture, but not any kind of agriculture, right, Senor Lu? I don't know. It kind of feels like it is any kind. This is my, like, I'm getting all Every lost kind. in terms. <laughs> Every kind. You sent me a link to a story? 
Did I? I think it was a story. It was no, it was a non for it was a um some kind of non-for-profit or government entity that was using a new term, or at least new to me term, called climate smart agriculture. Oh, whoa, it's the oh the OM no the World FAO. Health FAO.org, Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations. Correct. Nothing less, nothing more. Not FAO Schwartz. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Climate Smart, which I thought it was uh, refreshing. So tell me why. Why did you think that was refreshing? Yeah, as you know, Lou, we travel quite a bit and we uh, ask third parties all the time, uh, how do you plant your things? Uh, are you familiar with the term of regenerative agriculture? And it's just been really funny to me that every time I throw that term to people in rural Mexico, they look at me if I were swearing or something. Like regenerative agriculture seems so alien to them. And uh, the other day, it get to the point. It got to the point where this guy was like, "Well, I don't know what the hell you mean by that, but it seems like what you're trying to tell me, it's like how to do." like correct agriculture <laughs> like proper <laughs> agriculture I was like yeah or, or smart agriculture so yeah like that's why I think like uh, climate smart agriculture is, it's something that can uh, better communicate things to, to people uh, that are not hippies and that are not academics or are not like completely um, I don't know familiar to this huh Okay, well, I you know I, I like the concept. My my immediate response to it was, oh, good. There's a new term. Like we're not going to say uh, regenerative agriculture anymore. We're not going to say biodynamic agriculture. Now it's climate smart. And what will it be next? And you know, I feel kind of like maybe the farmers that you're talking with, um, in that, in that I I think we're trying to say something. In a couple few words, because a couple few words travels farther and faster um, than a paragraph. But I feel like maybe the the rush to say the thing is causing the thing to lose its meaning. Uh, I mean, you could say that about anything. From mm-hmm. I mean, for for me, one of my uh, like one of my favorite examples is the notion of gourmet. Like okay. if, if if somebody uses the term gourmet in 2023 to yeah. describe something, you immediately get running out of the place, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like maybe what you are referring to is sort of what I hear now when people use the word authentic. Oh, I mean, they're the same person, Lou. The person <laughs> using authentic and gourmet, yeah, they, they, are, they are the same kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. it's, uh, they also use Latinx to, to <laughs> add on top of that. Uh, <laughs> or Green Gex. No, Green Gex is fine. Latinx oh, okay. is not. Oh. But anyway, so, so I think that terms, notions evolve and they naturally start finding a more effective way to express themselves. I think that instead of, uh, as you're saying, instead of losing meaning, they find ways of being better and more precise. And that's why I love about climate smart agriculture, because in three words, like, it's very self-explanatory. Okay, explain it. Well, it's agriculture that is not affecting the climate in adverse ways or, or forms. Oh, wow, that is so interesting. I, I honestly, that is not at all how I took it. 
Well, and that it's also I, using the climate change advantage, I guess, but that it's that has a that has a happy relationship with the climate. Huh. See, I when I hear climate smart agriculture, I think, oh, I'm planting stuff that can survive in this particular climate, which, you know, like, <laughs> OK, so I'm only planting agave. That's what I hear. It. Yeah, yeah, but you're a special kind, Lou. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I, and I, I think that that I mean, and again, like I'm talking about evolution of terms and I believe regenerative agriculture sounds extremely obscure. Huh. When I hear regenerative agriculture, what I hear is, okay, the stuff I plant is meant to bring back the health to the soil that I destroyed when I wasn't doing regenerative agriculture. Yeah, because you're thinking as someone that has destroyed before planting. Yes. Yeah. like, And I think Climate Smart also includes the people that have not been destroying while planting. Like regenerative, I think it's very accurate in uh, a lot of the patches of the, like in a lot of areas. Yeah. But I think climate smart, what is interesting, it also includes a bunch of the people that have done smart practices throughout their their, their lives or the, li- or the history of their communities. So maybe those lands do not need to be regenerated. They have always been a healthy state. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, no. I like that, which is why these farmers would look at you like, why would I need to regenerate it? It's fine. It's been fine for the last few hundred years. So climate smart make, might make more sense to them. So you're heading, you're heading there um, uh, to a community that, that actually practices what I think you're describing as climate smart agriculture, right? Uh, wh- where am I heading? You, you just told me Jalisco? To Zapotitlan, actually, I, I will say not necessarily. I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't use uh, Zapotitlan and Jalisco as the golden standard of uh, climate smart agriculture. By no means, no. <laughs> well, well, not not Jalisco <laughs> as a whole, but that community. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. No, huh. they've uh, they they've uh, they are a perfect example of a community that has has. I mean, it's amazing that they have kept a lot of their relationship with agave spirits, but they have lost a lot of their other practices. And uh, even, you know, like we couldn't find one adobe house in the whole town. Oh, and and I'm sorry, how do, how do you plant adobe? Well, what I'm saying is like that's <laughs> that's another practice that is linked to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I think, for example, just from the top of my mind, I was just in San, in San Luis Atolotitlan, Puebla. Mm-hmm. I think those guys will be closer to uh, to a community that is still practicing a lot of that. And also, I was having this conversation with uh, Martina from Colectivo Almasico. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a small restaurant in Seminario 12 in Mexico City. So if you guys ever come to Mexico City, try to make a reservation there. Uh, she, she and her mother are wild, and they don't buy anything at the supermarket. They source everything from milpas. Every ingredient they serve in their restaurant has to come from a milpa system, otherwise they don't buy it. And I was I was being very stupid, and I told her that uh, I was not even sure if uh, some of the geometries that people claim, or I mean, the ways of planting that people relate to milpas are actually milpas, or they're like new concepts that the hipsters are trying to to convince others that 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 is how you make things. And she was so angry at me, like, with all reason. And she's like, I, I just don't think you have been exposed to enough milpas in your life, Chava. And she's very right. 
Honestly, I have not been to many of this of of these places. I have that has not been uh, the area that I have uh, researched more carefully or the towns where I have lived. Yeah. So, uh, so 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 if I understand you correctly, yeah, you were being sort of dismissive of this thing called milpa that you haven't explained yet, and she was saying, "Oh no no no, this thing that you're dismissing, like they just have a different way of doing it." Which you no should no maybe no, I, I said that. I mean, you know, milpa has become a really bo- a huge buzzword in Mexico, yeah, and I think in the U.S. too. Eh, not so much. And milpa is just this is this way of planting in which you're integrating different species in order to support each other so mm-hmm. you will be fixing your nitrogen using beans which is going to feed the corn and then you're going to have some aromatic plants and some flowers like sempasuchil to try and fight back the insects and plagues and then you have uh the zucchinis and the chiles in there but all, I mean, it's, all growing together as opposed to rotating these crops yes and all of them making sense in order to support each other You'll have some agaves uh, to border the area, so goats and cows wouldn't be able to walk in. Uh, again, like it's just this uh, symbiotic relationship amongst all of the things that are being uh, planted and consumed. Oh, that's really interesting. So, so there were some some instances of this where you saw it and you thought, "Oh, that's not achieving what it should be achieving." No, I, I, I just, I, I get, I get weird when. I hear too much of something and I don't see too many living examples. Mm-hmm. You know, when a buzzword becomes a buzzword and I just cannot find the golden standards in plain view. So I don't think, I don't know about you, Lou, but I, I don't think I still to this day have gone to a milpa in its full capacity and splendor What I can say, yes, if all of Mexico were to, well... Again, that that's not how the milpa works because each milpa <laughs> right. behaves differently in each uh, ecosystem. Right. Right. But if uh, if this principle or of this approach was to be taken and modified according to different ecosystems, this will be my golden standard. I still haven't seen that milpa. Huh. Well, that's interesting. You know, it's funny because for all the talking that I've certainly done about milpa, uh, I I I think I've only really seen one. That I that I at least recognized as a milpa, right? So like when I go to Lalo's place and I see in his fields, you've got the squash, you got the corn, you got the beans, you got the chiles all literally growing together. Like that's the only time that I can remember really seeing that. But, you know, I've certainly done those, uh, what they call like the, what I call the, the back of house tours of Xochimilco. Right. The, yeah, but those are chinampas. Well, and which can also be managed as a milpa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be right, but that, that's sort of my point. Is it looks to me like instead you've got over here's the corn, and then over here's uh, the chiles, and over here's the beans. It doesn't feel as as symbiotic as what you're describing. Yeah. So, I, like, all, all I'm saying is, um, I I I really think our expertise fails us in this one. Because I think we've used uh, most of our time visiting the golden standards of agave spirits and and finding examples in the agriculture, <laughs> like you know, in 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 how to plant agave. I think that the closest nobody will call this a milpa. Nobody in their sane mind will call this a milpa. But I think the closest that I've been to an extremely healthy ecosystem where everything made sense uh-huh. has been Sergio's ranch. In Durango? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's it's funny you would say that because it's exactly where my head was going. 
which is I think the the concept of milpa sort of reflects the concept of wild in a lot of ways. Well, no, 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 no. But there, there's, but there's, and that's why. Okay, I take, I take back what I just said. Actually, I'm sorry because I agreed with you. No, <laughs> yes, uh, no, because I think milpa. There has to be humans in there. Otherwise, that's that's not a milpa. Like there has to be humans uh, planting and harvesting and consuming, and it has to support a, a a group of humans. Otherwise, that's not agriculture. It's just wilderness. Yeah, but I, you know, I feel like wilderness happens for a reason, right? It it continues. I'm gonna I'm gonna quote you the rest of my life with that. Wilderness happens for a reason. <laughs> you know, I, I I think for a, a piece of land and the plants in the, on that piece of land to thrive and work together, they've sort of created their own milpa. Just you know, like things that that a bird flew over, dropped a seed, it didn't thrive there. It did so it, it's not there anymore. There's something about. Um, that sense of the wild parts of of Mexico that I've seen um, that that remind me of the milpa because it's all these things interacting with one another without human intervention. Yeah, but I want the human in there. Otherwise, it's not agriculture. You know, like I think that the the radical element of the milpa is that it includes the human in a non destructive way. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges of our generations, right? How do we, as humans, come into an ecosystem, uh, take what we need out of it without destroying the hell out of it? So I think that is the radical proposition of the milpa and of which I would like to have more, more insights. Ultimately, the episode was about what is, which are the terms that are emerging in agriculture and uh, oh. what what will be the better agriculture to follow or like, I don't even know what. <laughs> I think, I think honestly, God, I think you kind of hit on it in, in talking about the milpa and human beings interacting with it. Like the word milpa does not, does not speak to anyone who doesn't know the word, right? So it's an awkward word, but the way you're describing it sounds to me like it is climate smart agriculture in essence, the way that I understand climate smart agriculture to be. So do you know how much I love Connie, your beautiful wife? Uh, <laughs> no, I do, I do. No, I truly please, do. on a scale of one to 10. <laughs> 11. So when I uh, last visited you in, Ch- in Chicago, she had this beautiful book called Lotek, Designed by Radical Indigenism, uh, by this, wo- this woman called Julia Watson. And she actually maps Milpa in a way that I had never seen before. The mm-hmm. diagram she puts in, she's an architect, mm-hmm. uh, and she is convinced that the future of architecture and design comes from radical indigenism, from solutions that have been with us for thousands of years and that are extremely collaborative with nature. And yeah, like the way she describes the milpa, the way she maps it, the way she even integrates the burning. So they they Mm -hmm. use fire to burn it every once in a while to re-nourish the soil and just let it rest for a little bit. It's, It's one of the best things I've ever seen. So if anybody gets curious about this, also a lot of the other examples that are in her book, I think are wonderful. Uh, I, I will try, I will push to get an interview with her, Lou. So uh, we'll see, maybe we do get a quote from her in the future episode. <laughs> sure. Hey, if Dan Saladino will talk to us, anyone will talk to us. Right. That's what I'm saying. 
Bueno, joven Lu, that's not a conclusion, but we're ending this because it's getting too long. Okay, thanks, Jav. I'll catch you next episode. Jóvenos, adios. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lu Bank and Chava Peribán. Sound Engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.